Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness. And we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast today. Chris and Ross, we're both hanging out. We're going to chat about a pretty controversial topic, you know, is is heel striking versus forefoot striking, which is better, which is going to lead to more injuries. And if I heel strike, am I going to automatically end up with like Ebola or any other kind of crazy knee issues because of uh, me, me running? So uh, Ross, I'm looking forward to kicking this off, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's going to be a good conversation. Well, cool, man. Dude, why don't you kind of intro these two, um, you know, what are these two run forms, right? So we're chatting about running, heel striking versus forefoot striking. Like, what the heck does that even mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, you know, we're obviously talking about how your foot lands uh, when you're initially making contact with the ground on each stride, right? And so the reason this conversation is so important is because, you know, when your foot strikes the ground, it's going to transmit force up to the rest of your body. And that's often going to, you know, have a huge bearing on how efficient your running is, you know, how quickly you fatigue, you know, what types of injuries you're going to get, you know, what stress you're exposing your body to. So it's an important conversation to have. And I think for runners to have an informed idea about, you know, what their running stride is, is is incredibly valuable. Um, I know for me, when I was in college, I had a buddy who, like many well-intentioned runners, uh, read Born to Run by Chris McDougall and uh, just totally drank the Kool-Aid on all of it. And he spoke about it so passionately with me that I also started drinking the Kool-Aid. And you read the book, watched the documentary, you know, bought the minimalist shoes. I think the most popular ones at the time were either those, uh, the five finger toe shoes. Oh man, those were uh, really big then. All the minimalist and four foot runners were gravitating towards, or um, I think my first pair was like the their New Balance MT10s or MT100, something like that. Throwback. Um, yeah, for sure. But anyway, so I was steep into that crowd for a while. And then I got into PT school and started having uh, maybe some more nuanced conversations around the, the topic. And um, yeah, I got better from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's obviously a um, pretty, it's pretty polarizing, right? Like you've got the crew who says, all right, like heel striking, it's terrible for you, right? Like you're going to be in bad shape. You've got to be a four foot runner. And I think that that book definitely put a lot of people in that camp of like, it's four foot or bust and there's no other options for you. Like, I think that's how I see it. And when you know, folks come into the clinic, that's definitely how they talk about it as well. It's like, Oh, I, I think I heel strike and I probably need to fix that. Yeah. It's almost like a, um, a Fox news CNN thing. People are like, Oh, I have to be all the way in one camp or all the way in the other. And there's, there's no middle ground. You got to step to the polar ends. It's like, well, let's take a step back there, buddy boy. And, and have a, have a real conversation here. Yeah, so Ross, why don't you dive in a little bit into kind of the, the injury differences that kind of pop up between the two, um, but because ultimately both are going to, you know, have their different nuances and what tissues might be injured or what, what might be an issue. Um, so, you know, what do you, what do you see in the clinic? And maybe I can weigh in on that a little bit as well, which is probably pretty similar. So injury differences that, that forefoot versus heel striking may predispose you to. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's 
you know, the most important thing to so many runners is what's going to allow me to run um, not only the the longest distances or add the most mileage to my week, but what's going to allow me to run for a longer period of my life, right? Um, so I have this conversation all the time with patients and I will tell them that if you look at the research, the injury rates between forefoot strikers or heel strikers or rear foot strikers, um, uh, the injury rates are about exactly the same, which is wild. Um, the most important thing to note is that while the injury rates are the same, the injuries do vary by type. So what that means is, you know, people who heel strike are a little bit more prone towards your knee injuries. Um, maybe some of your like anterior tib or kind of like those front of the shin, um, injuries. And then your uh, forefoot strikers are actually going to be more prone to some of your Achilles injuries and things kind of on the back of the lower leg. Um, and so, you know, when people come into us with various injuries, you know, the injury will often inform, you know, part of our decisions on, you know, some slight changes we might make. Um, but on the whole, one tribe can't boast uh, better injury rates than another for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's an important distinction to make. Like, it doesn't really matter which strike you have. If the injury incidents are the same, like, that's exactly the, that's the big takeaway from this is like, don't feel like you need to go out and automatically change your, your strike pattern uh, because of it. But, you know, the, the heel strikers will, will come in and, and even the forefoot strikers sometimes will come in and say, like, ah, I need to change my run form up uh, a good bit uh, because I'm, I'm injured. So, Ross, how do you typically respond to that in, in the clinic? Uh, when you've got somebody who, um, you know, is injured, their forefoot striker, now they've got some of this Achilles issue uh, going on. Like, do we modify strike? Do you not? And, and I'm happy to weigh in on that too. Yeah, I mean, the, the short answer to that is going to be, you know, changing somebody's running stride is actually a pretty big deal. Um, you know, your body, you've adapted your body to certain stresses over, you know, several years of your life and just changing your gait is going to open you up to a whole different set of stresses. And so actually changing their, um, like their gait or their running form is one of the last variables that I'll play with, um, to help somebody have success, uh, typically. Um, and yeah, cause there's so many other things we can play with first, but um, Chris, I know that you know, you've recently done some traveling and had some experience with these as well. Are there any kind of examples that come to the front of your mind as you're thinking about making some changes for these runners? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it, it depends on the uh, it depends on the sport too, right? So, for example, when we're talking about running, that can be so variable from sport to sport and, and from each athlete's needs. For for example, if I've got somebody that's a cross country runner, that's a much different demand than say a track athlete in a shorter, quicker sprinter, you know, a sprintier type race, or even extrapolate that out to a field sport athlete, like a football player or a, um, you know, baseball player, soccer player, anybody who's going to be more of a sprint mechanics type person. Right. And so uh, again, uh, if you're looking at, uh, you're looking at a football player, for example, who's, who's trying to sprint uh, a skill player, trying to achieve a, a quick sprint down the field. You know, you certainly wouldn't want to see them heel striking. And naturally, most of those guys are going to be a four foot striker anyways, because it's quicker and faster. You know, you can look and, and dive into all kinds of things. 
you know, the bottom line is, is I'm not going to monkey much like you. I'm not going to monkey with someone's run form unless I'm trying to make them quicker and more optimal. But when it comes to just like recreational, um, you know, runners, oftentimes we can work around it. We can start looking at dosage of their mileage and, and playing with some of those things and some strength ratios. And like, those are the more important pieces to ultimately help improve longevity as opposed to being really aggressive and changing their run form. Now, when we're talking about, again, our elite, you know, high school, college, and even pro athletes, like those are the guys that, yeah, they're in it for, um, they're, they're in it for being optimal as possible. Then, hey, maybe we start playing with some of this stuff a little bit, or especially if they've had recurrent injuries that they just cannot seem to get get over. You know, if they're kind of trying to heel strike or overstride in a sprint, a, they're going to be slower. B, they're going to be more predisposed to hamstring injuries and, and some of that recurrent issues. That's when we may start looking at trying to rebuild some of those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the, the questions that people often will run to um, when they're injured or when they're like, oh, man, do I need to change my running stride? Do I need to not? Um, they want to know what shoes are best for what. Um, Chris, <laughs> can you? a million dollar question. Right. Yeah. Can you, um, you know, give people some information so that, you know, maybe they do need to buy the, the $6,000 rocket science shoe, or maybe they do need to run in just their, their bare skin. Uh, what's happening there? How do we think about shoes? Yeah, no, it's, um, the only shoe someone can wear is, is Hoka's like, that's it, man. It's like the best shoe out there. Right. So Bam, there it is guys. Uh, boom. Problem solved. We'll just, we'll just end the episode right there. Uh, no, I mean, shoe wear is definitely a common, uh, question we get asked a lot. And I, I think people would think it's as simple as like, all right, I'm going to go up to the, like, I've got knee pain or I've got Achilles pain or whatever else you got going on. Uh, I'm going to go to the running store. I'm going to change my shoes. I'm going to buy a brand new pair of $250 running shoes and it's going to solve all of my problems. And, and I think a lot of people are really disgruntled because they'll come into the clinic and they've spent six months changing their run shoes and trying to change their form. And like, they're still dealing with injuries and man i can't tell you how many times people come in thinking shoe wear is going to fix their problem and um it's frustrating i'm sure for you ross as well that people want to i think we all just want a quick fix right and shoe wear isn't a quick fix for people and so i tell people this all the time i don't have a a shoe that i recommend I, i will typically lump shoes into two categories right one is that like more cushioned type shoe. I mean, it gets kind of three types, right? You got a really cushiony type shoe. So think Hoka, um, something that's got just a big old wedge on the heel, right? Just to kind of cushion that area. And then you got kind of more of a, a little bit more of a neutral shoe, still fairly cushioned. And you can almost even lump those two together. And then you got a minimalist shoe, right? Which is what you alluded to earlier. And that's that really thin shoe, um, you know, not much cushion there, People typically going to be a four foot, mid foot striker. And so it's funny because the people who are, are wearing the more cushion shoes think, oh, I need minimalist shoes. And the people who wear minimalist shoes think, oh, I, I probably need a more cushion shoe because my foot and Achilles are killing me. So grass is always greener. Grass is always greener. Right. And so um, bottom line is, is there's not a perfect shoe um, out there. Right. The, the thing that I typically will look at, and we can, like, there's some websites out there that you can look, you know, specs of shoes up. I just don't want make somebody making a drastic jump from one type of shoe to another. For example, 
I'm wearing a really cushioned platform type hoka or platform type shoe. And then I make a jump to a minimalist shoe immediately. That is a recipe for all kinds of injuries popping up. And then on, on the, the flip side, probably less of an issue, but minimalist shoe into a cushioned shoe. It's a terrible idea to, to, to do that. Now, you can make that transition. You just need to do it slowly and methodically. Ross, what do you think on shoe wear? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you, you know, switching your shoes is, you know, very similar to switching your foot strike. Um, you know, I've seen people say like, oh, I've been wearing, you know, this type of shoe, you know, shoe A for, you know, the last several years. And then I switched to shoe B and all of a sudden I stopped having pain and it's like, okay, well, great. And then, but what you have to acknowledge is that when you switch shoes, you are switching the types of forces that your body is taking. And so it might, even though you might get a positive experience with a shoe change uh, for a few weeks, it's honestly just that the new like areas of your body that haven't been overstressed yet are now just picking up different stress from the shoe. And so four weeks later, you might end up with a different set of aches and pains. And so the most important thing at the end of the day is to make sure that your body is strong and resilient and that you have really good coordination and in, intentional control over your running stride. And then the shoes are um, of next level importance after that, right? Um, you got to set your foundation yeah. of movement and then optimize through shoe wears, how I typically would think about it. But don't get Oops. me wrong, changing yeah, your shoes on. can be a, a great tool. And I've educated lots of people to, to make some subtle changes um, but yeah, you just got to set it in perspective, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Most, most local running stores are pretty good at, um, you know, coming up with similar type of shoes and not bringing you one out of another. But I think you, you, the biggest takeaway from what you said was like, Hey, like you need to optimize your own stability and your own, like you've got to take control of your own body and what your foot's doing and what your knee and ankle's doing. And, and let, then getting a shoe to make you more optimal. What people try to do is they try to get a shoe to make them more optimal and they, they don't move very well. They can't control their body very well. And that's why they're injured all the darn time. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way you are. I'll make some subtle shoe tweak changes. Um, you know, I guess another question that a lot of people have is like, when would I want to switch out of a more cushioned shoe into a, a, a more minimalist shoe? A, you got to do it slow and you got to be careful and smart with it and, and working with, you know, PT or, you know, running coach is going to be probably the best way to, you know, minimize the risk of injury. The only time I will ever coach someone to get into a particular type of shoe is if they're looking again to improve performance. But again, their prerequisite abilities have to be there. They've got to have that good control, that good stability. They really got to have good ankle mobility. Like if I switch somebody to a zero drop shoe and they've got terrible ankle mobility, man, I've really set that yeah. athlete up for having all sorts of injuries along the way. And, um, and so make sure that whoever's coaching you for a shoe change understands the implications of that. And if, if you switch shoes and within the next couple of weeks, you really start noticing a, an increase in pain, then, then I may blame the shoes a little bit, or, Hey, maybe you just ramped your mileage up recently and that predisposed you as well. So any other things on shoes, Ross, that you can think of? I don't think so, man. I think we've covered most of the, the base level things that I talk with my patients about. 
Yeah, I, I will. Uh, I'll say this. There's a website that I will typically use when I'm looking at shoes with people. It's called runrepeat.com. Uh, you can look up your shoe type and, you know, if you're, you're like, Hey, I want to make a switch to a different brand of shoe, but I don't want to get something that's, you know, zero drop now or something that's more cushioned. You can look at like different weights of the shoe. You can look at the arch support on it, like heel to drop, uh, toe drop on it. Uh, you know, the cushioning, like there's all kinds of stuff. And so it's a really good comparative website. If someone's like, Hey, I'm, I'm wearing a Hoka and I want to get into a New Balance. What's a, an equivalent shoe? Again, most run shoes are pretty or run stores, excuse me, are pretty good at that. But that's kind of another secondary little check for you. If you're like, hey, I want the exact same shoe, I just need a slightly different type and a different brand. That's a oftentimes a good good place to go look, and I'll kind of coach some athletes through on that a little bit sometimes. Yeah, you know, I th- that you bring up a really good point. Is you know any changes that you make, make sure that you're making them intentionally and with a sense of direction. Don't try change just for the sake of change in hopes that it's going to work out, you know, make, make informed decisions and resources like that uh, are, are going to be a, a great tool for that as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the big takeaway from, from this episode is like make informed decisions, not only about your shoe wear, but also like how, how and why you may change your strike pattern. Um, again, if you're trying to get faster, you're trying to improve performance, then, then maybe you're, you know, trying to qualify for Boston or something like that. And, you know, you're just way over striding and, and, um, you know, heel striking Then Hey, maybe we look at bringing in that stride and, and maybe potentially switching you over to, to a forefoot. But for the most part, I'm not changing people's strike patterns. It's, Hey, let's build up stability. Let's get some strength on board. But the key takeaway from all of this is like, if you're unsure of, of like how you've got pain with running or, or you're unsure of how to pr- improve your performance, then like, Hey, get a running analysis. Like we do a lot of these in the clinic where we're just, Hey, we're going to pull out the iPad, pull out the, the iPhone. We're going to stick you on a treadmill, probably even do some outside running as well. And, and like, we're going to slow-mo video record you and get to the root cause of your problem it's like if you were just guessing and trying to change things you're going to get really frustrated when you spent six months and thousands of dollars on shoe wear and you're still not where you want to go and so get a professional who truly understands these things and that's why we love doing these running analysis because it just truly gives athletes like none no athletes ever watch themselves run like i'll ask that a lot they're like no i never have and then like when you start breaking down things and you slow it down, it's really easy to see and understand of like, well, hey, this is why I have hip pain or this is why I have Achilles pain. And oftentimes it's not necessarily because of the way you strike your shoe or excuse me, you strike your foot on the ground. It's there's some other things that are involved with that. So, yeah, can't uh, uh, underestimate the the values of or, or overestimate. Yeah, can't overestimate the value of those running analogies. <laughs> Words are hard. Words are tough. Yeah, no, they're they're great. We love doing them, and um, yeah, if we can we can be a resource for you guys at all, um, man, don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to um, kind of give you some pearls and um, you know run for them. Hopefully, this episode was helpful. Ross, any final parting words of wisdom? Oh man, run with confidence, everybody. I love it. Awesome. Well, that's the latest episode, and uh, we'll chat with you guys soon. Later. Thank you so much for listening to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice, Be Ready Performance Therapy. Head over to Instagram or our website. You can find us online at BeReadyPT.com or on Instagram at BeReadyPT. 
on our website as well as on Instagram. We'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be. 